Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, after a short delay, we continue with our study of the book of Jude. This week's study is found in Jude verses 8 through 13, which deals with certain men that have crept into the church to its detriment. Jude sums up these men in verses 12 and 13 warning, These are the men who are hidden reefs in your love feasts. When they feast with you without fear, caring for themselves, clouds without water, carried along by winds, autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea, casting up their own shame like foam, wandering stars for whom the black darkness has been reserved forever. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he delivers today's portion of this week's message entitled, Hidden Reefs. False teachers actually work themselves into thinking that lies and spiritual baloney are true. They're not necessarily um, knowingly lying to you. It takes discernment to figure out when they are. Now Jude gives his own commentary. He's talked about these old sins with new techniques in the same way, in the same way, in the same way. It just keeps going and it's going on now. And now his commentary, point number two, woe to them. Verse 11, woe to them. What does that mean? Well, the word woe is an imprecation of doom. If you know what, don't know what an imprecation is, there's your assignment for the day. Go home and look up imprecation or an imprecatory prayer. It means, the word woe literally means damnation. It's praying for someone to be damned. It is an interjection proclaiming doom. But Jude just doesn't fulminate against these teachers. He shows that they follow in a long line of enemies of God. And he's going to give you commentary. He says, woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain. And for pay, they have rushed headlong into the error of Balaam and perished in the rebellion of Korah. Now, what does he mean by that? What is the way of Cain? Well, Cain was one of the sons of Adam and Eve. He disobeyed God. His deeds were evil. He followed in the ways of the evil one. He refused to face his own sin, and he sunk into a spiral of rebellion until he, he got to the point he became the first murderer, and he suffered for the rest of his life after murdering his brother. He's probably suffering for eternity now. You can read about him in Genesis 4. He's also mentioned in Hebrews 11.4, where he's the evil contrast to his brother Abel, who was a man of faith. And he's mentioned in 1 John 3.12, where it says he is the one who was of the evil one. What about the error of Balaam? Balaam, most people say Balaam. Balaam was the prophet who hired himself out to say whatever people wanted, to say, wanted him to say. 
like send me your gift of $100 or $1,000 and that will be the seeds for your faith and you can get that thing that you, that you want. I mean, the, the, the health and wealth prosperity gospel isn't even thinly veiled for its source. It is so blatantly anti-God and a corruption of the gospel. I can't believe people fall for it. Well, I can believe it because it says they do. Um, Balaam is an example of deceit and covetousness, con man, if you will, wrapped up in quasi-spiritual phoniness. If you want to find him in your Bible, Numbers 22 through 24. He's the one, by the way, to whom God famously spoke by way of his donkey. And the donkey had better spiritual discernment than the owner did in that situation. The error of Balaam is the idea of peddling spiritual teaching for a price. Now, that's very different from uh, supporting those who labor in the word and teaching within the, the fellowship of the family of the body of Christ. This is the people marketing themselves and seeking wealth, pursuing what the New Testament calls uh, filthy lucre. Cain just rebelled. Balaam was trying to make a profit off of it. What about the rebellion of Korah? Read about that one in Numbers chapter 16. This man named Korah led a group of 250 men. They were all leaders in Israel, and they attacked Moses and Aaron for their leadership. The 250 were described as men of renown, hence we know they were respected. It's said that they were representative of the entire congregation of the people. So do you see the pattern repeated again? To use Jude's terminology, these men crept in unnoticed. They were among God's people. They were considered credible among God's people. And that's how they could do so much damage. Korah and those who stood with him said that Moses and Aaron had taken too much upon themselves, that they had exalted themselves over the rest of the people. And men named Dathan and Abiram joined in to complain that Moses' leadership is going to get us all killed. That was their basic idea. Instead of realizing that the reason for Israel not being in the promised land yet was their own unbelief, they decided to blame the leaders that God had given them. Well, God was so incensed at the attack on the leaders that he had given to his people that he said he was going to destroy them all. Even God can speak in hyperbole. Moses interceded, and the result was that the earth opened up and swallowed Korah, Dathan, and Abiram and their immediate families. That would be an attention getter. And then the 250 who joined them were consumed instantly by fire from heaven, just like Nadab and Abihu in Leviticus chapter 9. The rest of the people were fleeing in fear. Oh, but they got over their fear because the next day, the rest of the people accused Moses and Aaron of being responsible for the deaths. So the, the people accused Moses and Aaron of being the problem. God kills those people, and the people say, you're responsible for those people being killed, Moses and Aaron. Logical, right? This time, again, God threatened to kill them all, and again, Moses and Aaron interceded for the people, and this time, God sent a plague among the people. 
Before the plague was stopped, 14,700 people died in addition to the ones who died in the Korah incident. Now here's the point. People like Cain who won't listen to God's word, who won't deal with their own sin, and people like Balaam who believe that they can speak for God on their own terms for a prophet, and people like Korah who attack and try to undermine legitimate spiritual leaders, they are pictures, examples of people who hang out among true believers. But they are very bad, corrupting influences, and they are headed for severe judgment. So God put Jude here in our Bibles to help us learn the lesson from history so we don't need to get swept up into any of the same errors. Now Jude isn't done. He piles on several more descriptions of the disgusting spiritual influence of those who infiltrate Christ's church with false teaching. Look at verses 12 and 13. I won't elaborate on these things, but here they are. These men are those who are hidden reefs in your love feasts when they feast with you without fear, caring for themselves. That's why I called this hidden reefs. I try to pull my titles from the text whenever I can. This one, you had so many juicy ones that might get you more views online, but um, I stuck with hidden reefs. Justin Peters already used clouds without water. Uh, I'll let him have that one. They are clouds without water, carried along by winds, autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea casting up their own shame like foam, wandering stars for whom the black darkness has been reserved forever. Every one of those word pictures describes something awful. Hidden reefs sink ships which snag on them. People like the ones that Jude wrote about are dangers in the church even though you can't immediately see them, just like in the boat you can't necessarily see the reef before you hit it. Uh, they, they are um, feasting with you without fear, caring for themselves. The, the love feast was the early church's fellowship meal that they ate usually in connection with the, the Lord's Supper. Think church potluck and you get a pretty good picture of what that is. And these meals are the cultural background for all the instructions that are in 1 Corinthians 11 about how to properly uh, do the Lord's Supper. But phonies corrupt the purity of gatherings like that. Like hidden reefs destroy boats, the guileless purity of true fellowship is ruined by hypocrites. Now get a load of the rest of this description. They feast with you without fear. They're confident in, <coughs> in their opinions never thinking of God judging them. They're constantly caring for themselves. They want to be part of the church because that can expand their sphere of influence. That's what's in it for them. The true motive for fellowship with the church should be worship and service to God and how we can serve others, not getting something for ourselves. And they're clouds without water carried along by the winds. We who live in this part of the country have a good illustration of this, this description. It's like what happens with a Boise area thunderstorm in the middle of the summer. Lots of wind, lightning, thunder, no rain. These people never really produce anything of value commensurate with their talk. All show, no substance, 
And like those thunderstorms, spiritual clouds without water sometimes leave actual fires burning after they do their initial damage. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.